Yo, what's up, people? I'm your host, Jay Will. This is Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Welcome to episode 186, how to keep going during tough times. So I'm going to talk a little bit about today, like, you know, share some personal experiences about how I've gotten through during some tough times and hopefully leave you with some tips um, to help you get through some tough times. So if you a normal human being like myself and you have experienced rough times or hit some walls, maybe even this year, that's happened to me. I'm going to share some of my little tricks and tips and how I overcome those things and keep going. Also, we just going to get real with each other, you know what I'm saying, and try to be vulnerable a little bit um, about how we can endure the tough times moving forward. Um, with all of the hope of, like, if I'm sharing with you how I've gotten through, maybe you sharing with somebody else, um, that we being real with each other and helping each other through some tough times versus what we like to do today is just try to act happy versus be happy. The internet makes it really easy to act happy. So we're going to talk about that. But before I jump into that, uh, my mom had a crazy huge accomplishment. So I'm going to tell you why I'm proud of my mama. We're going to spend a couple of seconds talking about her. Uh, we're also going to talk about um, financial stress during the holidays and how to kind of overcome and deal with that. And then I think lastly, what we're going to talk about how to get a head start on the new year. So of course, the new year is coming up next week, but I'm trying to get ahead of that. Like we don't really wait. You know what I'm saying? I believe in a happy new day mindset, not just a happy new year mindset. So we're going to talk about that and just kick it on like, yo, how do we get ahead? But a lot of this is about you being able to be uh, reflective and real with yourself um, in order to prevent you know, shortcomings in the future, you got to be aware of where you fell short and be real about what you're dealing with in life and not just trying to front for everybody. Like, again, we try to do so. Listen, this is episode 186, how to keep going during tough times with me, your host, Jay Will. If you like this content and enjoy this show, please share, subscribe to Inspire Guys People on YouTube, uh, Instagram, all those good things, Facebook, and help us keep moving forward. I'm excited about the stuff to come uh, in the new year, but we getting a head start right now. So yeah, this is Inspire Guys People. Stop saying what you gonna do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry. And the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb. Just to make it here. When you say you ain't afraid to die, is it the fear? All right, guys, people. So first, we're going to talk about my mama. I'm going to tell you why I'm proud of my mama. Um, she had a huge accomplishment, what we talking just last week, actually. My mom went back to school, and she didn't just go back to college. She went back to my alma mater, Oakland University, and she graduated with her bachelor's. This is... Well, over 15 years, I graduated about 15 years ago from school. So imagine that a mother of seven, grandmother of eight, going back to school to her oldest son's alma mater and getting her degree. And, you know, what I'm saying mama did it better than me. Um, she graduated magna cum laude. So shout out to you, mom. Um, you know, just for being an example, like what I'm proud of uh, my mom for for real is just the fact that like. You have seven kids, you know, you've sacrificed so much through the years where you couldn't get your stuff done in the timing that you might have wanted because 
of the responsibilities that you had as a mother, as a wife. And first of all, let me just say you killed those responsibilities, killing those responsibilities um, have always been there for me, you know, throughout my life. And I think about the fact of like, man, growing up, you talking about waking me up for school uh, six o'clock in the morning so I can get to the bus stop or really five something so I could get to the bus stop at six o'clock. Um, Cause a lot of times I caught the bus to school. So just for my mom being so dedicated in that sense, I always woke up to some hot chocolate, some sausages, some toast, some eggs. Like I could smell, I could still smell it to this day. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, having always um, been proud of my parents and watching my mom, you know, again, always be a mother and like, Sometimes, as I just kick my camera, let's try to get that back into focus, right? Um, sometimes, you know, I look at parents and situations today, and it seems like, and this ain't no knock on nobody, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to knock nobody else just to show my mom love, but a lot of times I look at parents today, and it seems like sometimes parents don't want to be parents, you feel me? Like, maybe they got so many other things going on, or they don't know how to be parents, and I'm talking about people with two, three kids. I'm watching, you know, our generation seem like we struggling with two or three kids where I watch my mom with seven kids still kill the job, still um, work hard and be there for her kids. And again, like sharing this just to let you know that it's possible, because I think sometimes we remind ourselves of so much negativity and there's so much negativity reinforced today that we think things are impossible. But at the end of the day, my mom was able with seven kids to go back to school and to graduate with her bachelor's magna cum laude. So just shout out to you, mom. Thank you for showing an example um, of what it means to be able to, you know, maybe have to sacrifice for your kids, uh, really be a mother, but in the midst of that, not give up on your dreams. And, you know, to see my mom walk across that stage for me, it showed me something about myself. Um, because I always say, like, there's something in me that won't give up. Whenever I'm dealing with something, where whenever I'm going up against an obstacle, I just always feel like, all right, like, I get battered, bruised, beat down, you trip, you fall, you make mistakes, but I'm always willing to get back up. And when I watch my mom walk across that stage, it, it showed me what I was made of. It's like, yeah, that's because you come from that. You know, so it's important, man, to, like, uh, be an example to your children because they never stop watching. I'm a grown man. I still watch my parents uh, because I want to learn as much from them as I can while they're here on this earth, uh, while we all here together. So again, shout out to my mom uh, for graduating uh, with her bachelor's and showing that it's never too late to go get your dreams, to go after your dreams, to go after your purpose in life. It's never too late. You might have been delayed. You might have had all the obstacles in the world all the excuses in the world, all the reasons to not do it. But I watched my mom while she was working a full-time job. Um, it wasn't a lot of Sunday dinners and, you know, for a while, um, the last couple of years, it wasn't a lot of, um, you know, family gatherings outside of holidays and maybe some weekends or whatever. She was like, I ain't cooking, you know, cause usually I look forward to, you know, sometimes on a Sunday after church, we hit up my mom, you know, what you cooking, whatever she like, you know, I ain't cooking. I'm in school. And she's staying up to three, four in the morning doing homework just to get back up at six, seven o'clock in the morning to be ready for work. Man, that's an example of, uh, you know, keep somebody who kept going during tough times. So, again, just want to acknowledge my mom, show love to her. 
Uh, thank you for being such a great example. Um, now I want to talk about, let's talk about dealing with financial stress during um, the holidays. And again, the primary topic today is going to be how to keep during, going during tough times. I'm going to kick it with y'all about a few things. I got a few examples and some tips that's going to help you with that. There's a couple of things I want to kick it out about before we get there. And this idea of like dealing with financial stress during the holidays is one. It's always been important to me. I'm going to just be real with you. Because about 11 years ago now, I think 2011, 2012-ish, I think it was 2011, um, when I started deciding like, yo, I want to get serious about my finances and, you know, I want to uh, do better and live better financially. At the time, me and my wife were living check to check. Um, we were definitely um, not where we wanted to be in life. And I had to make that conscious decision to be like, yo, we about to get real about our finances. And I'm gonna tell you a couple of things that happened uh, during that time. Let's see first, let's go to the comments. Jeremiah, what up? J-Pat, my mom did the same thing. I'm proud of her, but I ain't. Listen, bro, <laughs> I feel you. Um, I ain't going back to school either, but I already got my degree, so I'm good. I'm good with a bachelor's. Um, it's gonna do everything I needed to do. It's been doing everything I needed to do. Uh, but shout out to your mom as well, man. It's um, amazing to see parents um, when they become grandparents, even to go back and make those accomplish those goals and it eliminates, it helps us eliminate any of the excuses we have. So let's talk about financial stress during the holidays, man. So I'm gonna share a little bit about my own situation. Again, you talking 11, I think 11 years ago now, when I decided that, yo, I want to start doing the right thing financially. And when you get to the point where you trying to like better your finances, for the long term, not just for a particular season, one of the hardest things that you're going to ever encounter, it depends. For me, it was hard because I'm close knit with my family and I have a large family. So it was always hard around the holiday season because it's too many of my people in my family to buy everybody a gift. And I kind of grew up, my parents teaching me like, you know, about like treating people equally. So like, that's like an example me and my wife, we got we got eight parents. You feel what I'm saying? Because we both come from broken homes. I never every every holiday, Mother's Day, Father's Day, my parents may not even know this. We never make a discrepancy between who gets what. You get what I'm saying? We always spend the same amount on everybody. So it's never a situation. We don't try to pin people up against each other and be like, oh, we spent the hundred on her. Let's spend 50 on her. Let's spend 25 on her. No, it's like, all right, we spending a hundred, hundred across the board, 200, 200 across the board, whatever. And so as you can imagine, that that can add up fairly quickly. So one of the most stressful things for me was, yo, how do I communicate with my family? Like, I'm not getting gifts this year or like, don't expect much or whatever, because listen, I'm just going to speak for me. It seems like when you come from poverty, the gift giving really mean more to people. I think this started when we were kids because parents always wanted to sacrifice and get their kids what they never had. I even watched my parents do this. My mom did this for sure. And so like in our household, it was like, all right, my and dad, whether we broke, whatever is going on, they going to fight to get you your PlayStation. They going to fight to get you your one or two things that's on that list. And on one hand, let's be real. That's cool. As a kid, you enjoy that. You thankful for it. Like bet, like, you know, we broke, but I got a PlayStation 2 or whatever at the time. And in reality, though, if we be real, 
it's probably some of them times that our parents should have sacrificed us getting a gift just to prove a point to maybe teach us like, yo, you don't always get everything you want. We got to pay this bill here and there so you can't get the PlayStation. But what happened is our parents always sacrifice. And what I noticed even now, no shade to my parents um, at all, but I just want to use this as an opportunity to be real is I even see that even when we got grown, they still kept the same mentality. So it seems like, you know, and I know some people's love language is giving or receiving gifts. And I get that. But I'm the type of person is like, yo, let's not do it irrationally. And I think where the stress from financial times come from is with irrational responsibility to purchase gifts. And what I mean by irrational is like when you don't have it or when you have other things going on, freeing yourself up from that responsibility so you could just be like, yo, I can't get the gift. Like I can't do it. And we put so much pressure on people. And then it's that awkwardness. And I'm going to tell you, this is the number one thing I don't like about um, the holiday season when it comes to gifts. People expect whatever they gave you. So to me, this the that's the weakest type of mindset when it comes to giving a gift. Like, yo, bro, if you want to give me a gift, give me a gift. I got you if I got you. I don't if I can't. But the way people operate for real is like, yo, I'm going to give to you. And I may expect the same in advance. And I hate that. Number one, because if I went and spent $100 on you and you spent $100 on me, then I could have just kept my honey and you could have kept your honey. Like, if you want to give me a gift, give me a gift. So what I'm saying is the hardest thing, one of the hardest things for people to do is free themselves from that responsibility of having to buy people stuff. I'm going to tell you what worked for me. And it don't make it easier. It just means like, yo, this is part of the process. I remember uh, one year I text everybody in my family and told them like, yo, like maybe a month in the head, like, I'm sorry, but like when we get to exchanging, don't expect nothing from us. Uh, there was another year that I started telling people in person a couple months in advance. Some years I ain't say nothing. And my point with all of this is I'm going to be real with you. At the end of the day, when I was making those decisions, two, three months later, I had money to pay my bills, to do whatever I needed to do. And what it ultimately comes to if you're an adult is you need to be responsible for yourself first and foremost. And giving somebody a gift of a certain amount of money, like out of obligation and neglecting your own bills and responsibilities to do so doesn't make you more of an adult. It actually, in my opinion, makes you immature. And maturity is challenging. And that's one of the themes of today that you're going to get out of the content that we talk about in this show. It's like, bro, it's it's challenging being mature. Being mature ain't easy. Like, you got to be willing to endure people not understanding, people not liking you, people feeling some type of way. But my thing is like, bro, like, you might feel some type of way. Cool. But my light bill going to feel some type of way. My mortgage going to feel some type of way. My, my savings account going to feel some type of way. And so my whole point with all of this, man, is like as it relates to financial stress during these holiday seasons, do what you got to do to release yourself of that burden or that responsibility to do things out of obligation. Now, what I'm not telling you, fam, I ain't telling you don't buy gifts. I ain't telling you don't show love, don't go out there and shop. 
But I'm saying don't do it irresponsibly. Don't do it irrationally. Like if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. And I'm sorry, man, to those those of us that come from poverty. Like if, if everybody want to be limited to thinking that, you know, I got to buy a gift to show you what you mean to me, then I'm going to be real with you. Like that ain't really saying a lot to me. Number one, because I ain't really I think for me, like I don't really ask for nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm really not a person that asks for a lot of gifts because I like people to give like out of the goodness of their of heart for real. And like it, I can appreciate it more because I know I didn't force you to do it. So anyway, free yourself, people. Um, what else I want to talk about before we jump into the topic today for real? Um, let's talk about getting a head start on the new year, man. So we got what? New year is a good what, nine, 10 days away, whatever it might be. Um, I think it's next Sunday. So you're talking about going into the new year next year. Now, we know how this goes, fam. Every year, same thing. People with their New Year's resolutions, talking about what they're going to do. You get a good three to four weeks in. I'm going to be real. January is really that month. January really just be like the gym is full. Y'all know that. Like, I ain't going to say the savings account full because you done spent all your money on Christmas like we just talked about. But a lot of times, like, when you in the beginning of your goals, they feel real good because you like, all right. I'm going to save $1,000. You save that first hundred. Like over the next 10 weeks, I'm saving $1,000. You get that first hundred in, you feeling good that first week of January. But here's the thing. The new year mindset to me is a setup for failure. Number one is because it's the same time that everybody else doing it. I'm, I'm going to just be real. I'm not a follower. Like whenever I'm doing stuff and I feel like, yo, am I doing this because everybody else doing it? I start looking at myself different, fam. Like, like, what's up with you, man? Like, why are you doing this just because they doing it? And then the other thing is like, once that, once that initial fire died down, dog, it's hard to keep that going. So once you get to February, then it's cold outside, it's dark, dang near three, four o'clock. It feel like, man, you ain't trying to get up and go to the gym in February like you was in January. Then ain't nobody talking about it no more on social media. Y'all know how we are with trends, like. Once something died down. So here's my whole thing. My whole mindset is a happy new day mindset instead of a happy new year mindset. That means I wake up every single day with the mentality like, hey, new mercies today. Um, that's promised to us from God. So happy new day. I'm starting off today like it's the new year. So for me, like I just want to share with you, I say the same thing every year. Like, yo, it's a happy new day mindset. So as you get prepared for the new year. If you start today with a happy new day, you give yourself a head start. Don't wait until January to start doing the things that you know are necessary today. And the other reason is tomorrow ain't promised. The last reason is if you give yourself a head start, by the time you get to two weeks away from now, you already, you know, then save whatever you got to save or you already 10 days into your workout or whatever the thing is that you putting off until next week. Start it today. Happy new day. All right. So now let's kick it about the primary topic today, which is how to keep going during tough times. All right. And I think the first thing we got to understand is faith. Like some. OK, let me say this. Let me shout out somebody. Um, a dude named Derek that listens to the show. Shout out to you, Derek. 
Um, I think Derek is from Sweden, maybe, or something like that, somewhere um, over overseas somewhere. And Derek, uh, from time to time, will give uh, show topics that he want to talk about. So he emailed this topic um, and specifically asked about how to, um, you know, how to keep going in the midst of obstacles. And then he asked the question, like, what role does faith play in it? So, Derek, first things I want to say to you and everybody else, excuse me. Faith is when as it relates to how to keep going during tough times. Faith is the lead actor in the movie. Like faith is the hero in this movie, fam. So if this is Fast and Furious, faith is Don. At the end of the day, you know, it's going to be close to impossible to make it and endure during tough times if you lack faith. So I want to give you three tips and things for me personally um, that have helped me and that continue to help me. So, um, you know, first, let me say we all endure tough times, man. And uh, this year in particular, you know, I've had some tough days. I've had some tough seasons um, this year. And it's been it's been weird because it's also been an amazing year. And that's one of the crazy things about life. Why I don't like to just um, define something always as good or bad. It's like, yo, like if I'm being real with y'all, in some ways, this has been the best year of my life. And in some ways, it's been one of the rougher years in the last 10 years for me. And that's why I believe in nuance. And I really believe in trying to look at, you know, everything, the, the ups, the downs, the in-betweens. And so one of the things I just want to be real with the people that are watching this show and who see me online and whatever, wherever you see me at, I'm human just like you. So I talk about inspiring guys, people. I try to keep things at a certain standard, um, try to keep a certain level of positivity um, in life. But that doesn't mean that I don't endure tough times, too. And I could tell you this year, I kept hitting the wall with some things. Now, I want to share a little bit, but I can't share too much because for me is number one, uh, some things are business related. I'm still in business. I'm still in the corporate world. I always respect confidentiality, also kind of respect uh, people and situations, also respect the fact that I'm still trying to go somewhere in life. So the way you talk about things publicly, you got to be mindful of that, especially while you're still in the midst of them. So maybe, um, you know, at a later date when I get, you know, beyond some of the stuff, I'll be able to talk about it. But just generally speaking, I want you to know that, like, when you get somebody like me on the Internet, don't think that somebody's perfect. That's one of the most challenging things that happens when you want to have a positive or a godly message is people start tagging you um, and identifying you or categorizing you as like this person that thinks you're better than everybody. And to me, that's real. It's real immature. Really, it's an immature mindset of like not being able to not being mature enough to receive content from someone and know like, yo, just because I say I'm a Christian, for instance, it doesn't mean I'm better than you. The whole idea of Christianity is denying yourself and turning and repenting from your sins and admitting that you're wrong and that you need a savior in Jesus Christ. So just fundamentally, the idea of a Christian thinking they're better than you, not saying there aren't Christians that think it, it just fundamentally is illogical because the entire reason that I would be promoting Christianity is the fact that I am too just a human being um, that, you know, could be struggling with sin or have sinned and need to repent and turn away from it. You feel what I'm saying? 
Uh, what up, Tanya? How you feeling? Very immature. So it's the first thing I want people to know is like I've hit some walls this year um, to the point, if I'm being real, like, you know, I haven't you haven't seen me do a lot of speaking engagements this year. That's been on purpose. You know, I have this podcast. This is a platform that I truly believe God has called me to. This is something that I'm passionate about. And at times it's also therapeutic to me. Um, so I've still felt, you know, the freedom and the passion to continue to um, to produce content on Inspire God's people. But even that, right, like if I'm being real, it was a point where I was putting out, you know, up to two audio podcasts a week. We didn't do that this year. There were some months I didn't do a show. Um, some weeks I didn't do a show where in the past it was every Wednesday. Um, a lot of that is because I did hit a wall myself and I continued to hit a wall. Um, to the point where it like there were times this year for me that it felt like I was in a maze and every door that I went to and opened it up. It was just another wall. And so I just want you to understand that, that that's a real thing. And I wasn't doing a lot of speaking. I only spoke once at church this year. A lot of that for me is because I didn't want to be speaking and I knew I wasn't really mentally in the right place. And what I mean about being mentally in the right place is like. When you're frustrated and when you're going through sometimes, it's easy to take that frustration out um, on other people or allow that frustration to come out on a certain platform or whatever. And so I take preaching at church very seriously, like speaking at church, you speaking in people's lives. I take this very serious, too. But the reason that this is different is because, you know, like right now we're talking, this is my opinion right now. I'm, I'm really sharing my opinion and my personal experiences. You know, you getting up and before church and you are you are speaking from scripture. You need to take that very seriously, how you're um, dividing that scripture, how you study in that scripture and really feeling led that this is what you what God wants you sharing with his people at this time. Now, that doesn't mean that this whole year that I have experienced, it might produce a hundred sermons in the future. You know what I'm saying? But from a time and perspective, like. I really knew that it just wasn't there. What up, Ken? How you feeling, bro? Thanks, man. He said that one time was fire. I appreciate that. You know, and it, it that's funny, man, because there was a lot bottled up in there that one time that I did speak, you know? Um, and that's the one thing, once I felt free and felt led to speak, then it was like, all right, I, I have something to say. Like, you know, whenever y'all want me to speak, I got you. But I guess I'm just sharing this for people out there. We talking about how to keep going during tough times. And like the, the thing that I find the hardest for people to do the, this day and age in, in the social media day and age, I find it hard for people to admit that they're in tough times. Now, why is that? Why is it hard for people to admit? <clears throat> Excuse me. I think it's hard for people to admit because <clears throat> people have, they've put on a mask for social media. And like one of the things that I try to be very intentful about is like I'm really being myself on here, like whether I'm silly or serious. If you know me in real life, I'm both. I'm a very serious and a very silly person, like almost equally, almost irrationally. Um, it really doesn't make sense. I can very much be the silliest person in the room and also the absolute most serious person in the room. So. I try to share based off reality, but I even understand 
that there are limitations to how far I will allow myself to be committed and how deep I go into social media because at the end of the day, it has put us all in a bubble. And what is it? Over 7 billion people in the world. I don't know the, I don't know the count of people in the world today, but when you look at the number of people in the world today, um, we all want to be individuals. Think about it. If it's 7 billion people in the world, who are you? And we do so much categorizing and putting people in a box based on how they vote, based on the color of their skin, based on their religion, denomination. Like all, It seems like all we want to do these days is categorize people. And I think a lot of people identify so much through categories that they forget who they are as a human being. So it makes people not be able to admit that they have tough times, maybe because of one of their other categories. Maybe you're categorized as an influencer. So you can't admit that you too are going through tough times. Um, maybe you're categorized as like, you know, some somebody who's super successful. So you can't admit that you too have gone through tough times. And so what ends up happening is people are acting happy instead of being happy. And social media today has put us all in a position where because you wake up and it's the first thing you're doing is posting and communicating here. It's the last thing you're doing at night. You're spending so much time here that you're being really confused about who the digital you versus the real you really is. And so it's like, hey, the digital identity says that you're successful and people like you because of all these positive things. So you can't admit that you're going through because your di digital identity is motivation or you're constantly you know, come in with these messages about what people should do to remain happy and all these things. And so what happens is, again, we find ourselves acting happy instead of being happy. So first thing I hope you could take away from today, look in the mirror and admit that you're human and give yourself the freedom to go through tough times. Now, once you do that, I think when you find yourself in tough times, what ends up happening is the beginning is revealed. And what do I mean by that? Like the beginning is revealed um, really for me means that when you find yourself in an obstacle, then the reality of why you started is going to come to the forefront. If you don't have enough of a reason as to why you started enough of a purpose, if you never established that in the beginning, then you're going to crumble the moment that you have any obstacles. So I think it's very important that before you even start something that you establish, you know, some purpose behind it. And why am I doing this? Um, not just for attention. Right. There are a lot of things that we could be doing online and stuff just for attention. If we be honest about it, it's like, you know, I don't know, like I don't want to name specific stuff, but there's a lot of things. That I'm like, what's the purpose of it? What's the point? Why would I do that? You know, and that's how I kind of like approach this stuff is like there has to be some purpose behind why I'm even here or why I'm even doing this, because I know at some point it's going to get challenging. It's going to get challenging, people. Let's see what Ken is saying. Um, it's not all, it's it's all of that. It comes down to fear of judgment, vulnerability. It's taboo to some people, cultures. I'm so glad I finally gotten past that. I'm coming back to life because I started talking about it. I love that. That's that vulnerability and that reality that we all need, Ken. We need to be able to be real with ourselves. Like 
for me, right, when it comes to inspire guys, people, I have this platform. I want to inspire people. I want to share my experiences and things that I've learned and gone through um, to be able to help others go through it. Right. But I always try to balance that out. And I'm not saying by any means that I do it perfectly, but I try to balance out even with the stuff I share. I don't share everything because it's not the time or season for everything. It's not the time or season to talk about every single success. I try to share what's relevant with people, but I also try to be mindful of my real life. So like I'm aware when I'm coming on here and inspiring other people that I don't want to empty my tank to the point that I've given so much here that I don't have enough to give or I'm not replenished at home or in my real life. And sometimes there's so much to gain from like an online following or being an influencer that can't be the purpose why we doing it that really can't be the purpose why you're doing anything in life is to just simply gain 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 because at some point if all you're focused on is gaining you will have sacrificed something that wasn't worth losing in order to gain what you did i think about this in my career you know, I've been in corporate America at a Fortune 50 organization for 16 years, um, growing my career, climbing a career ladder, starting pretty much at the very bottom, you know, um, entry level as ever, right out of college. And even as I've grown my career, I've had to ask myself, how much do I need to gain? And what am I need? What am I willing up? What am I willing to give up in order to gain it? I won't get into the specifics of all of that because I'm still in a career. Uh, like I said earlier, there's some things sometimes in business. Um, it's not wise to share every little thing in the heat of the moment while I'm still growing my career. But I'm just saying that those are the type of things that I think about as it relates to that. Like, I want to think about how much do I want or need to gain because everything has a price. You are always going to sacrifice something to go somewhere. I really can't think of nothing in life that doesn't require a sacrifice of some sorts. So the question is, is the sacrifice worth it? And you can't just look at the next social media influencer. You can't look at people, cars and houses. That's why it's always really silly for me in my mind, for people to show off that type of stuff. Like, I don't really need to see your house. I don't really need to see your car. It doesn't really do a lot for me um, because I don't know what you gave up to get it. You know, maybe you got a Ferrari right now. So what we do is we see somebody our age with a Ferrari or from our city or whatever, from the same walk of life as us, or they got a Bentley or they have something. And we we start coveting things. And it's like you're coveting these things, but you have no idea what the price was. What if that person gave up their family, gave up their wife, their relationship, you know, gave up a relationship with their children? We do realize this is a thing, right? There are CEOs that don't know their kids' favorite color. So one of the things that's happened in life, and we're still talking about how to keep going during tough times, but I'm laying somewhat of a foundation for the conversation um, that I want to continue to unpack. And one of the things that happens in life is we don't know how to value things. We don't know how to put a, put a value on something for ourselves. You know, you I don't look online at people and see success or even meet people in real life and see success without seeing sacrifice. If you're going to look at somebody's success, you have to look at their sacrifice. Some sacrifice is good. 
some sacrifice is worth it. But not all sacrifice is good. Not all sacrifice is worth it. I'll give you an example. If I have $10,000 and I show you $10,000 and you're like, oh, okay, that's fascinating. Let's say you don't have $10,000, right? This is all relative. It's just a arbitrary amount of money. It doesn't matter if you think 10,000 is a lot or not. But if I have $10,000 and you see it and you want it and you think high, higher of me because I have it, the real question is, what did I sacrifice? Because I could tell you when I when I touched my first $10,000, there was a level of sacrifice behind it that a lot of the people around me weren't willing to endure in order to get it. So people will say they want something. People will say they want $10,000. People will say they want a particular house. They want a particular car or they want a particular anything. But they don't count up the cost. That's Bible. Jesus says to count up the cost before even considering following him. And he used the example of like, you know, who starts building something and don't, you know, count up the construction costs. So that's really one of our main issues is counting up the cost. So let's say I have $10,000, but I didn't spend any money on Christmas this year. Let's say my birthday came in February, which my birthday is in February, and I didn't, you know, take a big trip or buy myself a, a big item. Let's say my wife's birthday came up and we agreed that we weren't going to do anything crazy for her. Let's say I decided not to buy any new shoes in the summer, kept the same shoes from last year um, and went through whatever I went through to get my money and then got $10,000. Now, the question is, are you willing to sacrifice for your $10,000? The answer to how bad you want the 10,000. Now, you might want $10,000, but do you want that 10,000? Because that 10,000 I got, that kind of 10,000 came with sacrifice. Now, I also want to share with you that there is some truth to the example that I just gave. It's not 100% accurate, but fairly accurate in, in different parts. Meaning, when I touched my first $10,000, it came with all of those sacrifices and more. But it also came with purpose. There was a reason I was saving $10,000. There was a reason I needed $10,000. But we didn't take any trips when everybody else was posting all their, their pictures of trips. I didn't buy any J's. I didn't buy any Yeezys. My wife didn't have a Gucci purse. Um, I wasn't able to stun on everybody. We're living in a one-bedroom apartment where, with the, the air conditioner in the window. You know that joint? They still make those. You know when the air conditioner in the window, right? Like, that mean the whole house ain't getting cold. Just that part of the house. That part. That part cold. Stand over there. <laughs> Stand right, that one right there. Yeah, I've been through that. Let's see. Let's go to the comments. What up, Meech? How you feeling, bro? Uh, man, this scripture about count, counting up the cost, man, you can apply this to so many things. That's facts, bro. That is facts. So many things. Thanks. Counting up the cost. So, all right, let's keep it moving. Let's get into this. We're talking about how to endure uh, during tough times, how to keep going, right? Again, you're going to see some tough times. 
but you got to have purpose. So now let me talk to you a little bit about this money. Since we're talking finances, it's the holiday season. Um, I probably shared this on a podcast in the past, but you didn't hear it because you don't listen to all my shows. Shame on you. Um, if you're enjoying this comment, please do like, subscribe, share. Check us out on uh, YouTube at Inspire Guys People, Instagram at Inspire Guys People. We're trying to get a lot better with sharing consistent content. That's one of the goals going into next year. But look, I hit a wall several times this year, man, and things were it was very challenging to keep this show going this year because I just had a lot going on. A lot of responsibilities. Again, even good things were uh, come with responsibility. Let's talk about this money, though. People like talking about money. Um, when I had when I first touched $10,000 for the first time, I can remember this is what's crazy. I had a purpose for the money. I was really trying to save for our first house, right? And the short story version of this story is like, it's so crazy that once you start saving, then something always wants your money. When it comes to money, one of the reasons people can't save is because I learned in life, there is always a reason to spend. There's always a story. Somebody in your family is always going through something. Somebody close to you is always going through something. There is always a story or a narrative to come and get your money, right? And that's why it's hard for some. That's why some people literally can't save money because somebody or something you love or like there's always a reason to spend it. So money like saving money takes a level of discipline that's almost savage. I remember I had this purpose of saving for a house. And I'll never forget, like there was this opportunity to take a family trip. And I decided not to do it. And everybody wasn't happy. My wife wasn't happy about it. And that was something I had to endure. Now, you're talking about an obstacle. You have this purpose to save the money. My wife was on board with the reason when we first started saving. And this ain't to throw my wife under the bus. Maybe I should have thought twice about this story. So let's get past this part very quickly. But when we got to the obstacle, the obstacle was the family trip. She lost sight a little bit of our original purpose. So I want to I want to really get to really the first thing I want you to think about as it relates to this. Um, here's the first tip. The way you keep going during tough times, very first tip is to establish purpose, revisit purpose and redefine purpose if necessary established purpose. So I told you in my example, when we first started, we had established the purpose that we were saving for a house. That was the reason we needed more than $10,000. $10,000 is an arbitrary example. All right, we saving $10,000 for a house. Now, this wasn't the only thing we did. There was things with your credit and getting things together, but I'm just focused on the one thing with the money. So when I got to the hard time, the obstacle, which was something had presented itself, right? This this idea of taking a family trip had presented itself and had become a threat to the money I had saved so far. We weren't at the 10,000, nowhere near it. It was just the first time for us that we had any money. Now, what do I mean by that? It wasn't the first time we touched money. It wasn't the first time we got a big check. It was the first time that we had used discipline to have money that we didn't necessarily need at the time. 
this is a very challenging thing for people who are used to not having money. You are conditioned. You have been conditioned to live check to check and to basically not have enough inventory as it relates to money. You've been conditioned to deplete your financial inventory and have just enough. Whenever you've been living your life getting over on having just enough, then just enough becomes enough. And that's the problem for some of us why we never turn the corner financially because just enough is enough for us, right? So it was the first time in our lives, me and my wife, where we could look in the bank and maybe have a couple thousand dollars, right? And so she was seeing that thinking like, yo, this family trip just popped up. We got the bread. The bills is paid. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Hey. Anyway. And she like, yo, we should be able to spend that. So in the, in the midst of that threat, that was a threat. That was a, a code seven red alert threat to my money. I had to revisit purpose. So we had established purpose as to why we were saving the money for this house. We needed to revisit that purpose. So it's like, yo, conversation with the wife, like, yo, like, um, like, um, you know, we uh we had a reason why we were saving, right? He said, throw <laughs> uh, we all about to be in trouble after this podcast. Come on, yeah, join in, brother. Throw them wives under the bus. But I had to revisit the purpose, like, yo, like. We said we wanted to do A, B, and C. I'm going to be real. She wasn't trying to hear it. And it was at that moment that I had to have faith in the original plan. Now, a lot of men, this is me. Now, I don't like to give marriage advice. This is just sharing marital thoughts. I want to be careful about this. I really don't like giving marriage advice. Um, people who know me, I say it this way. No, I don't like the term happy wife, happy life. I actually think it's, I think it's weak. I do. But hear me out. Hear me out. I think the term happy, happy wife, happy life is weak because if you are leading something, then the goal should be long-term happiness, not short-term happiness. Happy wife, happy life in Every time it's ever been presented to me has been based on short-term happiness. So let me use this example. In this example, my wife wanted to go on this family trip. She wanted to take this family trip at the time, in the short term, more than she wanted to save for a house. Now, the thing about me was, as her husband, as the leader of my house, as somebody who knows her really well, I was taking a bet, a leap of faith on the fact that, hmm, I know what will make you happy in the long term. And I know that your long term happiness is more important to me than you going on a trip this weekend. So, OK, I'm going to endure you being mad at me, which she was. I'm going to endure these hard times of being a villain or the bad guy that can't go on a family trip and spend the money that you are losing sight of purpose on, but I haven't. So I'm going to endure this to get to what I believe is the ultimate happiness. Now, I believe a happy wife, happy life dude would have just took the trip. And to me, that's not a leader. That's not a real man. 
Now, again, y'all could deal with all that. I know people don't like talking about leadership and marriage and stuff like that. So I'll let y'all shuffle the cards however y'all want to on that. I'm not even going to try to have a bunch of disclaimers or defend myself. But what I can tell you is this. That was 11 years ago. We skipped a little trip. How many trips do you think we've taken since then? Countless. Countless trips. But the reason we've taken countless trips is because I had to endure the short-term disagreement, the short-term frustration, because I was trying to get to long-term financial health. And the thing was, I had to endure short-term pain to get to long-term financial health, meaning, oh, I don't have enough money just for one trip, one time, and then go broke and start the cycle over again. No, I want to be able to afford the trip when we take it, to take the trip at the right time, but I don't want to take the trip while I'm living in a one-bedroom apartment with an air conditioner in the window. I want to take the trip when I have a home, when the home is comfortably paid for when I have this I don't want to buy you a hundred gifts for Christmas if they're going to make me miss my mortgage payment or make me go broke what we're talking about right now is enduring pain in the short term so that you could get to your long-term goal all right let's go to these comments meet say uh happy wife happy life is a lie Mel day what up Mel? Mel say she agree with the happy wife happy life uh meet you scaring me what if your wife is happy with that pool boy win? <laughs> no comment there. They they saying should be. It's okay to tell your wife no because she ain't in charge. All right, yeah, he. <laughs> Meet's the kind of person that'll get you in trouble, that little trip. All I'm saying is this, y'all. All right, let's see. Meet, Meech actually says something. Disclaimer, this is based off of your purpose. You might be okay with your apartment, but you have to build purpose around your desire. I love that. You are 100% right there. When we talked about that step one, let's go back to step one. Establish purpose, revisit purpose, and redefine purpose if necessary. Now, because I had already established purpose for saving and my wife was in agreement with me, I was building, making decisions based on her happiness, based on the purpose that she had jointly established with me. Excuse me. Now, when I talk about redefining purpose, if necessary, the reason that's there is because sometimes life changes. Sometimes you're going through something. Um, let me just give a, a, let me give a, let me, this is a made up example. Let's say you, you had a goal to go to uh, move to California to become a fashion designer. And that was your goal. And you worked four or five years for that goal. But then somewhere along the way, let's say when you had that goal originally, you weren't even saved. You weren't married. You were just going after whatever for yourself. Let's say four years in, you get married. You have a baby. You might now have an opportunity to move to California for your fashion um, career, but then have to decide I'm a new parent. Do I want to move my wife and my child away from her parents in Michigan? You might have to redefine purpose because the circumstances of life changed since the purpose was established. That doesn't mean that's always going to be the case, 
but I'm giving an example of we're talking about how to endure, how to keep going during tough times. And sometimes you have to redefine purpose. All right, let's move on to the next thing, y'all. Eliminate distractions. The second tip, as you think about um, how to keep going during tough times, is to eliminate distractions. Now, I know this is a very vague example when you start talking about distractions, but let's think about it. First, I want you to realize not all distractions are bad. And what I mean by that is it's very easy to identify distractions when they are something negative or something bad. But it's challenging to identify distractions when the thing that is distracting you in and of itself is not negative or bad. What makes it a distraction is that it's taking the focus away from your purpose. And so what's an example I could think of for that? So let's let's think about this. Um, all right. Let's say you have a podcast. Right. So I have a podcast. Inspire guys. People. I have these goals and things that I want to do with this podcast. And let's say I have been gotten, maybe I'm watching or, or let's say I'm watching another podcast or influencer, right? There's like two or three people I watch that I find valuable to my life, but there have been times that I've had to turn their podcast and their content off. Why? Because if you're making two podcasts a week and they're an hour each, and I'm spending two hours a week doing that. But then I find myself going through a stage where I haven't been producing the content for my podcast. Then even though your podcast isn't bad, it me committing too much time to that could be taken away from time that I should be in my studio strategizing and developing content for my podcast. So that would become a distraction. So Whenever I find myself getting through in a hard time, always look for the distractions because sometimes the distractions are actually what's pulling you into the tough time. And, you know, I'll use this example of like if you were traveling and you were stranded and you had a backpack or you were carrying luggage or something, you might have to get rid of anything you don't need to survive in order to make your luggage and your baggage lighter. And so what happens for a lot of us is we find ourselves in tough times in life and things become heavy. And I'm sharing, this is, this is what I've gone through. Maybe it's different for you. I don't know. Like, but for me, like whenever I go through a tough time in life, everything becomes heavier, like physically heavier. Have you ever gone through something where you could physically feel it? Like it's not physical. It's internal. It, it's like you dealing with something but the burden literally becomes heavy. That's why we should be casting it over to the Lord. I've done this. I've had to do this this year. I recently done this. I recently had to literally cast my burdens over to God because something that I was carrying was too heavy. Too heavy. It was a disappointment I was carrying. It was a heavy disappointment. Right? And that's how life is sometimes. Sometimes you get disappointed. Sometimes you don't reach your goals in the time that you wanted to. And these are the realities of life that we have to be willing to face so that they don't burden us or make us bitter or make us not value our own lives. And part of the reason I'm talking to 
about this topic on this show today is because I want you to know that you can endure hard times. Like you can make it and you don't have to give up and you don't have to lose value or lose sight of the value that you are in this life. You are valuable even if you don't reach your goals. You are valuable if you fail. There's still purpose in your life. There's still a reason. That's why, what did we just say? Step number one, establish purpose, revisit purpose, and redefine purpose if necessary. But understand purpose is always there. That's why the Bible says all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to what? His purpose. Establish purpose, right? Revisit purpose, redefine purpose if necessary. But all things work together for the good. They work together. Let's deal with this idea of all things working together. It doesn't mean only good things work together. The good things work with the bad things to work out for you if you're called according to his purpose. Mel, you say you've been there with the with the weight. It's a literal thing. It is. It's a literal, it's a literal thing, man. And here's something I've learned in life, y'all. Um, do not try to rate people's problems. Don't try to weight, rate people's weights. I think social media, because we're all in a bubble and we're seeing each other every day, you're looking at people's lives and you're making the decision on how they should feel based on what you see. Some people have a beautiful family and they have beautiful kids. So you think their life is just easy. Some people have a beautiful house. So you think their life is easy. Some people are millionaires. So you think their life is easy. Some people always say the right thing. So you think their life is easy. Some people are beautiful. Beauty is one of the most deceptive things in the world. We There are beautiful people that the only thing we can ever see when we look at them is beauty. And they could be going through the most pain on the inside. So I'm telling you this, like, let's not look at each other. Don't look at me and think because I got inspired guys, people. And, oh, like he always talking like this or he a business dude or maybe I'm a little successful or whatever. Like, don't look at my life and think that I don't. I'm not, you know, um, able to have problems. It's a very frustrating thing when people do that. When people look at your life and try to point out, you know, things. Do you know how many times? I'm going to give you an example. Do you know how many times in life that people have told me, this has happened to me so many times over the years. Oh, the reason you're able to do that is because you don't have kids. <laughs> wow, okay. So the reason that I'm able to commit to successfully building or developing something, seeing it through, having discipline through the ups and downs and in-betweens, um, evading and going through obstacles that you've never even seen is because your kids are your excuse. And because I don't have kids, you don't see your excuse. So now the only reason I am doing what I'm doing is because I don't have kids. People say that to me a lot, more than you would think. And it's not always said with malicious um, intent either. That's why it's a very interesting observation that I've made through the years that people just easily say to me. Now, if you know me, you know that I want kids no more than, more than anything. That's what I want. I want kids. And in my mind, 
the thing that's an excuse to you will be pure inspiration to me. If you think I'm working hard now, if you think you've seen me give any effort now, a legacy, a son or a daughter whose life I can help shape, opportunities I can create. Now my opportunities are not just my own, not just my wife's, but for a legacy. What? That's your excuse? My mom just graduated college. She got seven kids and eight grandkids. I don't hear that excuse. I don't hear it. It means nothing to me. But that's your excuse. So what I'm saying is that what people do in this world is we project. We are constantly projecting on other people, projecting our problems, projecting our beliefs, projecting our experiences, good or bad. There are some people that think no marriage is good because they've never seen a good marriage or never experienced a good marriage. Um, no guy is good. No woman is good. Why? Because of your life. Don't project your life on mine. Don't project your shortcomings on mine. Don't project your doubt or disbelief on me. No, I'm not limited by your doubt. My life is not limited by your fear because I have faith. And that is, yeah, y'all, like that's that's really a real thing. Like legitimately people have said that to me. So I want you to think about eliminating distractions. Whenever I have hit hit walls and, and found myself in a in a stage in life where um, I'm going through a rough time, there's always been baggage that I was carrying that was unnecessary. So you need to sit and ask yourself right now, what unnecessary baggage am I carrying? Now, a lot of times it's other people's responsibilities. It's other people's decisions. Maybe you're not allowing another adult to be an adult. That's another thing, y'all, about me. I allow adults to be adults. When you are an adult, I will treat you as such. That also means all your problems are not my problems. Um, one of the most challenging things that the internet has created, in my personal opinion, is it has made the entire world's problems every individual's problems. I don't accept it. You can accept it if you want to. I don't wake up every day and catch up on every ounce of news that is shared on my social media timeline. Sometimes social media is the distraction that I'm saying that I don't allow myself to scroll a timeline. I don't allow myself to look at everybody's pages because those can be distractions. Maybe it's a really sad story happening in another country. I'm not saying it's not sad. I'm not saying that I don't pray for the people. It's not my burden to bear. bear, to, to bear. <laughs> it's not my weight to lift, to carry. I can't do it. I can't wake up every day concerned about something 10,000 miles away from me. Like, hey, man, I don't know what's going on over there. Um, I know that my grass ain't cut. Listen, it's some people out here that's worried about stuff that's going on in other countries and your grass ain't cut. You ain't shoveled your snow. Your bed ain't made up. Your refrigerator is dirty. Okay? I want everybody that's listening to the show right now about to take a quick pivot. This is a commercial break. I want you to go check your refrigerator. Please do a refrigerator check. 
This is new. This is off the top of the head right here. I have a new standard that I'm establishing on Inspire Guys people. I no longer want to hear your opinion until you clean your refrigerator. If your refrigerator is dirty, then you've been putting off something that's more important than the opinion you're sharing. I don't need your opinion about the church. I don't need your opinion about should they wear shirts, skirts, or jeans. I don't need your opinion about nothing. If you got an open banana in the refrigerator that then dried up. Okay? Because if we be real, if I had everybody take, that's the next challenge. There it is. You know what? We want to do all these challenges on social media. I got a challenge for you. The refrigerator challenge. You go take the picture of your refrigerator and post that. And if it's dirty, I want to hear nothing from you. Until you clean it. Now, why am I saying that? That sounds harsh to some people. What I'm saying is that that's a real life way to prioritize. Because we're waking up and we're worried about stuff 3,000 miles away. And we've put off something important that's three feet in front of us. And you open that refrigerator a hundred times a day. And you're not going to grab a rag and clean off that Kool-Aid, that drip, that red pop that dripped to the next shelf. You're not going to throw away those leftovers and clean out those uh, Tupperware uh, containers. Do the dishes. Sweep the floor. What I'm saying is that sounds so small. But some of us are waking up arguing with people on social media, carrying burdens that are not ours to care. Carry. I can't talk. We carrying all these burdens and we ain't even cleaned the fridge. King, what up, bro? Refrigerator challenge. Like, I'm trying to tell people, let's do the refrigerator challenge. And if your refrigerator ain't clean, shut your mouth. I might have just solved I might have just solved a lot of the animosity and the, the ignorance that goes on online. Just do a refrigerator challenge. Refrigerator ain't clean, shut your mouth. Why am I saying that? It's something that's easy to do. It doesn't take long to do. Anybody can do it. And there's no reason. Listen, it, hey, young lady, you, you online half naked, twerking and dancing all over the place? Put some clothes on until you clean your refrigerator. Hey, young man, nice abs. Great. I see. Okay. Picture at the beach. Put your shirt on until you clean your refrigerator. I don't want to hear what you think about whether or not uh, we should be uh, celebrating Christmas or not, sir, because uh, the tree fell off the moon in the Bible. Clean your refrigerator and then tell me about tell me about the Christmas tree. Refrigerator challenge 2023. I need y'all to do this. I really need y'all to do this. Stop scamming until you clean your fridge. Facts. It's, listen, y'all, y'all don't really understand. There are times doing this podcast that sometimes the most unnecessary part of the show completely blesses and changes my life. My goal when I do this show is to literally give you something tangible every episode. I believe that. We on episode 186. I literally believe if you go listen back to episode one, there's at least one thing tangible on every single show. We're not just talking. We're not just throwing out opinions. There's at least one thing on every single show that you can take and apply to your life today 
and I genuinely believe will make you a better person. And the refrigerator challenge just did that. That's it. That Right there, your life has been changed. You're welcome. I, I don't require a cash app or anything. I didn't ask for any money. Just like and subscribe to the show. Follow us on uh, YouTube at Inspire Guys People. Share this with somebody. I mean, that's the least you could do. But I just gave you the refrigerator challenge, people. You can now tell me it don't make sense. If y'all tell me this doesn't make sense, I'll stop saying it. But the more I think about it, why are you arguing with me in my comments about stimulus checks, inflation, unemployment, and the war on terror, and your refrigerator is dirty? How are you worried about what the soldier's doing over there, and you ain't done cleaned out your refrigerator? I just, the more I think about it, I can't even, how can I accept your opinion about marriage? or Man, we got so much advice online every day now. I just want y'all to do the simple stuff. That's my thing. I want y'all to understand that, you know, when I'm doing these shows, like, I'm, before I make the videos, the, my, my refrigerator clean. The, the, the coat is hung up. It, we, we've done that. All right, let's move to the last thing before I get in trouble. All right, here's the last thing I want to tell you. Fight. Be persistent and don't give up easily. Now, that sounds simple, but when you're thinking about how to keep going during tough times, we've talked about eliminate, um, establishing purpose, revisiting purpose, redefining it if uh, necessary. We've talked about eliminating distractions so that you could have a, a lighter load, right? And part of a lighter load is cleaning your refrigerator because you want to eliminate those distractions so that you can focus on the the important things and you can prioritize that was the purpose between the re, uh, of the refrigerator challenge is that you have other things that are in your way of your actual life right and, and lastly we have to be persistent and fight and i'm saying this because for a lot of people when they get to tough times the first thing that they want to do is give up and you got to ask yourself, why do people give up during tough times? Well, sometimes it's because they had unrealistic expectations going into it. They didn't properly establish the purpose. Um, they didn't properly assess the situation. I, I'll give you an example. I grew up on Seven Mile in Detroit. Whenever I would walk through the hood, which was often because that's where I was from and that's where, you know, that was where I lived my life. Whenever I would walk through the hood, I was always on guard for stray dogs. Now, I know people that live in the suburbs, this don't make sense to you. That's because y'all got Labradors and uh, Shih Tzus and whatever other kind of uh, poodles, and y'all got those kind of dogs. No, 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 no. No, sir, Reebok. In my neighborhood, everybody had a pit bull. Okay, pit bull, Rottweiler, German Shepherd, uh, guard dogs, okay? Uh, fighting dogs, okay? Uh, dogs that got something to prove okay uh, I never saw a Labrador uh, until I turned on the TV okay we didn't have no there was no Labradors in my neighborhood okay so whenever I walked through the hood then I had to be on guard for, for dogs and the thing is if you ain't paying attention 
you gonna mess around and get bit. If you don't properly understand the risk involved with being out there in the hood, you might mess around and get bit by a dog, okay? And so, l l listen, listen to what I'm saying, fam. When you, when you go into something, you have to properly assess the situation. When you go into a marriage, when you go into a career, some of us have goals and we have no desire to endure anything because the only thing we faced uh, uh, thought about when we was establishing the goal is what we get out of it. And I told y'all earlier, like, it's not about what you get out of everything. And that's why some of us don't fight. We don't fight because we haven't been real with ourselves about the fact that it might be a fight required. You feel what I'm saying? Let's go to the comments. Meech, <laughs> he say, me and my customer cracking up. She about to make the kid. Uh, it's a oh man, make them kids do the uh, the free the, the fridge challenge. Make them come inside. Ain't nothing for Christmas until they clean up that fridge. All right, man. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to have no dirty fridges. And you giving your opinion about the election. Okay, we need you to get yourself together and get them kids together. Don't be in school fighting and arguing with nobody until your refrigerator clean. Now. When it's all said and done, we got to fight and we have to endure. When I think about anything in life that's ever been worth having, people fought for it. Remember earlier I said this, I said, don't show me your car, don't show me your house, don't show me, you know, your Rolex watch and things like that, because I don't know what you sacrifice to get it. Show me your sacrifice, because that's the thing that's going to inspire me to keep fighting. That's the thing that's going to let me know that. You know what? Yeah, Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan, and he's revered as the greatest basketball player of all time. But he got cut in ninth grade, too. He didn't win a championship every year. I know we like to make it seem like that. Michael Jordan ran into the Pistons and the Lakers and the Celtics, and he, he endured some losses before he experienced those wins. And it's the losses that inspire me because the losses show me that he continued to fight. Now, what if he had given up as soon as it got tough when he saw a Larry Bird or an Isaiah Thomas in the Bad Boy Pistons or a Magic Johnson? He would have never found out who he was. The reason that you keep going during hard times is to find out who you truly are. That's why I do it. Who am I? It's not a question that could just be answered in the moment. You have to go through life to answer the question. You have to continue to fight to answer the question. Who are we? You talk about your marriage. Who are we? Right? You got to keep going to find out who you are. You have to endure some ups and downs. Life has ups and downs. I know everybody wants to tell you that everything is so easy. And um, in these three steps, I became a millionaire. In these three steps, I had the best marriage ever. The truth of the matter is... It's a continual process of growth, of commitment, of discipline, of persistence. And the only way you find out who you truly are is that you don't stop and that you keep going. In order to keep going, you have to have faith. You know, the Bible says that it's impossible to please God without faith. That's something that has always like tripped me up mentally. It's always been intriguing to me. The idea that it could be impossible to please God 
That's the first part that gets me. But without this one thing, very specific, it is impossible to please God without faith. Have you ever thought about that? If I constantly give up in life, it means I have no faith. Giving up is to admit that you are faithless. A person who's always given up is always lacking faith. It's an admission. Like it's not even it's not even debatable. To constantly give up is proof that there was no faith. Proof that you constantly displease God. How to keep going during tough times? The question is how to have faith. How do I keep faith during tough times? I think the first thing that we got to realize is that faith doesn't come or go with tough times. You don't get to lose faith just because it's tough. You know, it's it's kind of like a kid when they throw a temper tantrum. Something gets tough or they don't get exactly what they want and they lose their minds and act like a kid that they are. But the Bible also says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I became a man, I put away childish things. It's time for us to stop being whiners and complainers. It's time for us to stop throwing our hands up and, you know, posting about every little Every time something, I'm not saying don't share your story. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying like, let me not even say that. I think social media has given us the opportunity to complain. It gives us an opportunity for a lot of things. One of the most challenging things about social media is that we're living it out in real time. And similar to like the pandemic and things that happened in the pandemic, it's very hard to research it while it's happening. So we don't really know what the results of social media is going to be until we get, you know, years removed from wherever we are today. Imagine like I can't even imagine like even 15 years ago when I was in college, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have smartphones. Maybe YouTube just came out or something. But we didn't have smartphones. Like we literally didn't have it. I graduated college in 2006. Like there was no like. We had stuff like the T-Mobile Sidekick, the Nextel Chirp, that type of stuff. And so what's my point? My point is like, what happens to a person when you give them a device that becomes a portal into the rest of the world? Back and forth. Not only can you share, but you can receive from all over the world. When I was in school, you was worried about being the cutest person in the class, maybe the school, Best dress in the class, maybe the school. You ain't even know what was happening at the next school over unless you had a friend over there. I wasn't trying to be the, the cutest person at the next school over. I wasn't trying to be the cutest person on the west side. I lived on the east side. But these phones have given us a portal into the rest of the world. And now with that portal, we are also carrying the burdens, the responsibilities, the information of the rest of the world. And we find ourselves really living out a case study and an experiment without realizing that we're in it. That like, what do you, what happens to a person mentally, spiritually, 
physically, emotionally, when you give them a portal into the rest of the world. We're, we're seeing it every day. People aren't truly happy. They aren't truly at peace. Depression, anxiety, mental issues. I'm not saying it's all, I'm not blaming social media. No, like you have a responsibility to, I'm not blaming your phone. But what I'm saying is, have you ever stopped and took a moment to think about like, how does this portal impact me? I'm worried about stuff that I never worried about before. And my refrigerator is dirty. I'm ignoring the thing that's right in front of me because everybody else is talking or posting about the other thing. Some of us, some of y'all, some of us <laughs> went and made a cartoon out of ourselves on the Linza app and paid for it just because the next person did it. I don't have a cartoon coming out. There's no album, like no, no purpose behind it. Like everybody else did it. So I did it. People walked outside on crates a year or two ago for the crate challenge for no other reason than they opened up the portal and people all across the portal were, do were doing it. I don't have no problem with none of that if that's what you want to do. But is your refrigerator clean? Have you taken care of the things right in front of you before you worry about the rest of the world? Did, is your child's diaper changed? Did you sweep the floor right in front of you? Did you finish the project that you were supposed to do? I'm talking about prioritizing, taking ownership, accountability, and responsibility for your own life, your own dreams, your own purpose, your own goal. And doing that first before you be finding yourself arguing about what's going on in another country or five states over or what they protesting about. I, I'm just being real with y'all. I made up my mind in 2020 when everybody was mad about everything. I wasn't mad. Listen, to, go back to this show in 2020 and listen to Inspire Guys People from March 2020 to December 2020. Just go listen to all the episodes. Look at the dates on Apple Podcasts. Spotify is there. You can see how I was talking. I wasn't mad like everybody else was mad. Because I couldn't carry it and I knew I couldn't carry it. It wasn't, oh man. It's not that I don't care. It's that I don't carry. Woo! Before we go, I always got to give y'all some fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that I don't care. It's that I don't carry. I need to let that marinate. I don't carry. Next time I say, somebody say something to me that I can't, uh, uh, and it's a burden that I can't carry, I'm like, oh, I don't carry. They're not going to know what I'm talking about. Tell somebody that the next time they come to you with some drama or something. And the reason I'm saying this is not to be mean or dismissive. But it's because I can't carry it. It's bringing me down. Like, I I'm going to just be real with y'all about something. And I'm saying this, uh, it's like some stuff, man. You got to, because I'm genuinely not saying it to sound harsh, but I, I do want to say it to make my point. 
the internet has given us news and information all, all across the literal world, but it's still not all the news. It's topics or stories that the, the media selects because they know it'll get people riled up. And so there are, there were, there are times that people are getting riled up about something that happened five States over that they don't know nothing about. And, uh, maybe it's racially driven. Racially driven content really gets people emotionally triggered and moves people. So if you take something racial that happened in Oklahoma, right? Let me just, I'm just using an example. Now everybody's outraged about this situation that happened in Oklahoma. I might wake up and decide I don't carry. Not I don't care. I don't carry. Why not? You know, my cousin got murdered this year. It, I didn't see everybody in the world carrying the burden of it. They didn't. It wasn't their burden to carry. But our family had, you know, two funerals back to back at, at one point in August, two days in a row. Two young men. We didn't project it on the rest of the world to carry that burden. There are people, there are things happening every day. You can't carry it all. And if you try, you will realize that you are not God. So what am I saying? Give yourself the freedom not to carry. Just because everybody else in the world is carrying doesn't mean you got to carry. I hope this content helps somebody today, man. I hope it bless you. I hope you have a great um, holiday season. I really hope you share, like this content. Uh, vibe with me on, on YouTube, man. Uh, I'm sharing YouTube shorts now. I'm trying to get better with sharing them daily um, and just being consistent with my content. Thank you, Jen. Always appreciate you. Uh, much love to you. And I know for me, man, as I go into the next year, always try to think about like, you know, goals and, and what I'm trying to do. Um, and the information I shared today is part of also how I do that, you know, establish purpose, revisit purpose, redefine purpose. So, when I think about that going into this new year, how I'm going to set up my new goals, whatever those are, is I'm going to go back to the purpose established because purpose has already been established with what I'm trying to do, what my lifestyle goals are, um, dreams and commitments and stuff like that. We're going to revisit that purpose to remind ourselves. I think that's important to remind yourself because uh, sometimes throughout the year you forget. Sometimes throughout the ups and the downs, I forget, you know what I'm saying, why I'm doing something. And you want to remind yourself so that you don't act out of the unforgiveness. Like, so, you know, if you, if you are mindful of your purpose, why you're doing what you're doing and all that, that drives you. When you forget that, then you start acting different. I've been there. Um, and then redefine purpose where necessary. I think I got some, a couple areas where I need to redefine the purpose behind my goals. You know what I'm saying? And that's a real thing too. And so ultimately, ultimately, I hope you could take away from today, man, that you're human. Give yourself the, the freedom to be human. Um, all this idea that everybody's so perfect, like it's just weird to me. I'm just being real. It's just weird to me. Um, that's what I don't like about cancel culture because I kind of think, well, we all should be canceled then. If, you, like, if you're going to dig in somebody's... Uh, I've seen stuff like, I remember this. I'm not even going to say his name because I don't want to bring up some negative and attach it to a person, but there's a white football player 
came in the league like five years ago to the NFL. And he was a top like 10 pick or something like that. And I remember they had found a tweet where he said something racist about black people from when he was like 16. And they were questioning him about that. Now, granted, you know, I guess by the time of the draft, he only like 21, 22, whatever it was, five, six years ago. Cool. You can make that argument. But I mean, what you say when you were 16? <laughs> what did I say at 16, bro? Y'all, I don't, man, you think somebody want to be, you think I want to held against me some stuff that I said when I was 16? I don't want what I said at 26 to be held against me. Cause I, that was an immature person. So just this this idea, man, that we got to go around self righteously judging and canceling everybody. And I don't carry that burden. I don't carry. I'm human. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to grow. I'm not better than nobody. I'm not like I don't think I'm better than somebody. I don't think like oh my god, I am the golden child. And like no, I think I'm human. I think I'd be struggling just like everybody else. I think I have wins just like everybody else. I have ups and downs and I'm allowing myself to be a human being and to continue to try to cast my cares over to the Lord. You feel what I'm saying? And uh, I think part of that, man, Tony, what up, bro? How you feeling, man? What up, though? Um, check out Melody of Comfort. My guy, Antonio um, Avery. Been knowing that guy since uh, kindergarten. Ain't that crazy to have a friend from kindergarten? We were literally in kindergarten together. So shout out Antonio. Melody of Comfort is his brand. Should have wore that hoodie today just so it would have been a dope coincidence. Um, thanks, Meech. Appreciate you, bro. Let's see. Yeah, this was dope. I've been trying to encourage, especially during this time. Hey, man, man. Clean your fridge, cut your grass, love your family, and be thankful. I love that. I literally love that. Remember, you're not God and don't carry the burdens of the world. Thank God I ain't famous because it's stuff I've said yesterday. I... Hey, bro, literally yesterday. And look, man, I just I just hope and pray that everybody give themselves the freedom to be human and um, know that we need the Lord. Like we need Jesus. Like that's why we repent. Um, everybody falls short. This idea that somebody is perfect or whatever is just weird, man. I don't accept all this weird stuff in the world today. I don't. It's a lot of weird stuff. I just don't vibe with it. So. Look, Rockwood Inspire, guys, people, we're going to keep putting out content. Check out the YouTube short clips, man. I try to post them every other day. Um, it's at Inspire, guys, people on YouTube. Still dropping new content on Apple Podcasts. If you prefer the audio, check it out there. But I hope you all have a great time with y'all family, um, that you definitely enjoy this holiday season, man, because um, there's a lot for us to be thankful and grateful for. And even if you have in tough times, I pray that you endure. I pray that this show today, man, that I said at least one or two things to help you out. If you don't take nothing else away from this, please clean your refrigerator. Like I, I might have to re I think I'm going to retitle the name of this episode. Clean your refrigerator. That's that's what we doing. I'm changing the title. It, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? My guy, Antonio. Yeah. Walking to school together. Pre hey, man, I remember those days. So. Appreciate you, bro. Look, much love to everybody out there, man. Y'all do do what y'all doing with y'all families. You say you was literally thinking, hey, that's fire, bro. Yeah, man, we uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, we had a dope talk today. Um, a lot of dope things hopefully was said and received from people. So uh, especially anybody who missed it, definitely go check it out uh, when I when I jump off and 
um let me know what y'all think man but please do like subscribe and share share it with somebody there's a lot of people going through man um not just in this season but just period especially with you know social media puts people in a position to try to live up to things that nobody can live up to and that's another thing like with me it's like no nah, man i'm i let myself be human like bro you a human you can't live up to all this stuff like it is what it is no doubt tony yo thank you man much love bro everybody have an amazing holiday and uh you know i'm sure i'll be posting some crazy stuff over the next few days it it always depends on what happened in life the, i'm telling you i just wake up and i just post whatever I, I let life do the posting man so much love god bless y'all be easy man merry christmas